Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the JRPG Report. In fact, it is episode 257. My name is Dalton Suter, and joining me, as always, is the one, the only, the Team Retro. Hey, it's Mikhailov. Greetings, my excellent friends, and notice the inherent lack of ahoy hoy. Decided to ditch the old ahoy hoy, huh? Yeah, so... I had a coworker start watching my content and it automatically starts with some phenomenal music by one Nile the Nightmare. Yeah, I heard that guy's cool. Yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. And then the second that that music dies down and I go into a hoy hoy, apparently it sounds like I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been recording this phrase for two years. So that's two years of sounding like I'm ready for bed. <laughs> so it's time for a new intro. I can't say I've ever like had that thought, but it was pretty funny when you brought it up in the Discord. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Nobody, I've got like 2,100 sums, not a single one has said, you sound tired. No, you you just sound chill. Like you're just a very, like, you, like your normal talking is just very chill. You know what I mean? So it's not. Like, you're not like one of those, hey, welcome into Team Retro type of people. Oh, I don't want to do yeah, that. No, don't either. do that. Please don't make me do no, that. No, don't do that. Please. <laughs> we, we Good at you. you with another handheld I went into credit card debt for. <laughs> I, uh, I listen to this uh, wrestling podcast called Busted Open Radio. comes out every day, yeah. right? Because um, I don't have Sirius, so I don't listen to them live. So I just catch the, uh, the shortened podcast version. Anyway, one of the commercials that they do is for this daily sports podcast by this dude named Mad Dog Russo or something like that. And Hey, ahoy hoy, it's Mad Dog Russo. Oh my goodness, you are not far <laughs> off. It's like, hey there, this is Mad Dog Russo. Familiar? You should be. And I'm like, dude, people actually listen to him. Why? Dude, his voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me, and I'm like, I don't understand it. And the sports ball does a grand slam. Yeah, just that, but the super thick New York accent. Just put that on top oh, of it, man. and that's what you got. And I'm like, wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I love a New York accent, but this dude in particular just sound, he's just nails on a chalkboard to me. Oof. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'll just start to sound like that. Hey, it's Team Retro. We're playing some Mario. Unsub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have the energy to do that. Uh, maybe I do sound tired in my videos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe you sound maybe you sound tired because you are in fact tired, my good sir. I am probably very fatigued. <laughs> oh man, how you been this week? Oh, I'm gonna be we're gonna be talking about fatigue in two days, aren't we? As in, like, a green meter that goes down constantly oh, yeah, in a video yeah, that's right. If anybody is interested, might as well uh, plug plug one of the other shows. Um, the Steam Machine, I know this isn't a JRPG. Um, I do apologize, but it is an RVG, so it's at least somewhat in the vein. Uh, the Steam Machine is going to be covering Morrowind, uh, the Elder Scrolls game. And, um, yeah, yeah, you definitely have to deal with fatigue in that for sure. It is uh, talking about a game that has not aged very well. Spoilers. <laughs> I actually have to talk about a video game making me motion sick. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> that that's gonna be a fun conversation. Uh, like that's I, I don't want to say too much more because I I know it's gonna be 
some very interesting different takes from you, me, and the boys. But yeah. I, I actually can't wait to record that episode. That's going to be a blast. I know uh, Nate and Willie talked about they're going to get together tomorrow and really like deep dive into it. They're going to get on mic together and like chat with each other while they're playing and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. y'all are going to feed off each other's negativity. I just know it. <laughs> I'm the. I'm gonna be the only one who's like eh, game one bad. <laughs> I'm gonna give it the old college try one more time now that I've ditched the Xbox version and I'm playing it on Steam. That's fair. And just I'm just gonna I don't know I'll throw some stuff in console to get my stats to where I had them in the Xbox version and just maybe try to do some story, and then at least I'll have something besides uh, me finding glitches. <laughs> it's always the funnest part though. That is true. So anything interesting but, anything interesting this week? Uh that was probably the most interesting part of my week. You know, fairly boring. I did put myself into further credit card debt. Uh because uh a member of my community reached out to me and was like, Hey, this handheld is on sale. And it's normally like $1,500. You can get it for like six right now. And I'm like, I really don't have the money. He's like, well, here's the link anyways. <laughs> I clicked the link. Enabler. It's a freaking 8.4 inch 1600p handheld. Wow. It weighs like two pounds. What's it called? It's called the One X Player 2. Interesting. Dude, I, you know, the other day. I was watching Metal Jesus, and one of the videos that I watched that he covered was the One X Fly. Mm, I, I'll talk about I'll talk about that too because I have one pre-ordered. Nice. So I was like, because I immediately thought of you. Like anytime I see him cover a handheld, I'm like, well, I wonder what Mikalov thinks of this. And of course, yeah, my no. brain immediately is like, I wonder what JRPGs I could play on this because because anytime you get a new handheld, I'm like, how's Trails Run on it? Well, Trails Run's great on everything. <laughs> it does. It's fantastic. And one of these days, I'll actually finish it. You should. You should. Everyone who listens to this show is going to hound you about that until you do, I promise. One of these days, I'll actually play Yakuza 0, probably on a handheld. You should. It's really good, and I'm going to hound you until you play. <laughs> um, one of these days, I'm going to play Yeez 8. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. That I, I don't know which one to tell you to start first. Uh, they're, they're all good. Yeez 8's so good. To the point that that was our last Sunday special was the Ease 8 soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And listen, you sent me the... Sunshine Coastline. One of the... Yes, Sunshine Coastline. And yeah, that right there made me start looking up reviews of the game. Dude, I'm telling you, like, you hear some songs before that, but like, that's the song you hear when the game opens up and they're like, all right, now go start doing your thing. And it's such a... it's, It's such a good start of the adventure song, if that makes any sense. Like... It provokes the idea of like, let's go do it. You know, right. Let's go save the world or whatever we have to do. It's the, the JRPG equivalent of uh, Bilbo Baggins. We're going on an adventure. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> it's the musical version of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the only thing really interesting to me, JRPG so, related, that I've done this past week is uh, you, my good sir, got me um, Sea of Stars. Have you started it? I have it? not started it. I did install it, though. 
Uh, it is installed oh, on my PC, and uh, I was thinking about getting getting some time into it tonight because I do have a decision on what I want my next host pick to be for the Steam Machine, and I am torn right now between a few different games, but two of them being related to stars. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but other than that, um, I got not to get into too much, but listeners, if you would like to know some personal about me, I got suspended from work. For uh, some pretty stupid reasons. That's all I'll say. I won't go into it. Um, that's for another show. But uh, if you would very kindly join the Patreon, <laughs> that would be uh, that would really help me out a lot because I have no income right now and uh, I do have bills to pay. So, uh, you know, uh, patreon.com slash JRPG report. Uh, that would help very, very much. Even if you just donate a dollar. Like if everyone who downloaded this like uh, each and every week when we do it donated one dollar that would be like a big difference in my life <laughs> i'm just saying so like yeah please uh if you do it anyway enough shilling and and plus we have an awesome discord you could join we do we do once you do when you uh when you donate to the patreon you get access to the jrpg report to patreon town you can come in there and chat all about uh we can chat about anything in there really we have a section for food we got a section for JRPG goodness. We got a section for non-JRPG goodness. You know, general stuff. You guys just want to chat, keep in touch with one another, and that's a good place to make requests for Sunday specials. Because I am in there checking it every day. So, um, which we we should probably start doing more of those. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Be it a, a soundtrack or just like a, a nostalgia session about an older game. You know what I mean? I know there are some uh, some guys in the the discord who are chomping at the bit to come chat with us about some games at some point. Um, so we'll have to get with them and see if we can't bust something out into like a JRPG yeah. round table or something. Everybody. That would actually be pretty cool. That'd be a good Sunday special. I think, I think so. Like everybody bring a game to the table and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Have a, we'll have ourselves a little panel. Yeah. Well, speaking of panels, a few weeks ago, I actually did my second uh, retro handheld panel. It was at a local uh, Retro World Expo, and I talked about just different handhelds you can get for every budget, what they're capable of. I got a surprisingly good turnout, considering this was a convention for you to go like buy old NES games or Turbo Graphics or whatever. I didn't expect to get a crowd for emulation, but people showed up who knew who I was, and people showed up and gave me a sub. That's so cool. So, pretty cool experience, actually. That's so cool. Unfortunately, my camera wasn't working right, so I didn't get to record it, but... Oh, that's a bummer. But, dude, I would love for, yeah. like, JRPG Report to get so popular, or Steam Machine to get so popular, or even Yavspod, even though I don't think Yavspod will ever get that popular, because that's, like, Howard Stern of podcasting, but, like... <laughs> um, it would be cool to do a panel, and just, like, have people there to be like, alright, you guys want to ask us stuff? Ask us stuff, like... Even though we kind of yeah. do that each and every episode with the Steam Machine because we do the fan question section. You know, maybe we should open that up on this show, too. Like, if people want to write in and ask us questions about JRPGs and things, they're more than welcome to. Um, I'll answer some stuff. Yeah. It'd be fun. Um, but, yeah, speaking of some JRPGs, man, you ready to get into some news? I'm ready. All right. Well, let's start off with Grand Blue Fantasy Relink has added... Gandagoza. And that's a cool name. 
cool dude. And he guy looks like he could break a few tables. Yeah, he looks awesome. Uh, he would beat me up for sure. Um, oh, he would just turn me into ash and goo. <laughs> uh, they have a quote that says, "This is not our last character announcement," which is cool too, which means there are more people to come. But uh, yeah, Gondagoza will be playable in Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Publisher Psy Games and developer Psy Games Osaka have announced during today's Grand Blue Fantasy Showcase, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus Rising and Relink Part 1. By the way, in addition to the characters we've revealed so far, there are a few crewmates we have yet to announce, said Grand Blue Fantasy Relink General Director Tetsuya Fukuhara during the showcase. And there are some screenshots of this guy, and like we said, he looks awesome. Very big, very buff, uh, very hairy, except for on his head he has horns instead of hair, but he looks cool. I've never heard of this character. I'm sure Grand Blue fans, or, you know, Grand Blue fans know who he is. But is, are those horns, or is that his hair wrapped in the shape of horns? Uh, I believe that they're horns. Nope, they're horns. Yeah, no, those are actual horns. Um, Fukuhara. He's got some like hair, kind of like flowing off the side of his beard. Like his beard is long enough to be like ponytailed and like kind of just off to the side and like floating in the wind. That's true. He also has a lots of chest hair. <laughs> he does he does have uh he does have a little bit of Austin Powers going on. Uh Fukuhara continued that presenting the master of the eternal rage style, Gondagoza, or Gondagoza, excuse me. Uh as for his play style, he is of course a bare knuckle brawler. He uses his overwhelming strength to beat up his opponents to a pulp. Uh this is his unique action, raging fists. Uh he gathers power in the form of eternal rage by performing combos. The more rage he has, the more damage he'll do with raging fist. In fact, a max level Raging Fist is enough to significantly damage a boss in a single blow. Uh, it'll take some time to get used to his mechanics, but for players into the whole epic master type fighter, I bet you'll get hooked up with him quick. Fukuhara also confirmed that despite the, uh, despite this being the 17th confirmed playable character, there are still more to come. And just to reiterate, this is not our last character announcement, Fukuhara said. We'll have uh, we'll reveal more details at a later date. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is due out for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC via Steam on February 1st, 2024. So this game's looking more so and more imagine, interesting to me. Imagine like a, a JRPG that gets character announcements like Smash Brothers did back in the day when they were making all those announcements. This is the next playable character. This is kind of what they're doing. Right, I'm here. Except it's a JRPG. Yeah, and it's all like Grand Blue related because I think Grand Blue is like a fighting game series. Is it? I believe so, because I think uh, like uh, Grand Blue Versus and Grand Blue... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to look that up real quick while we're talking about it so I can be factual on air. Yeah, I was going to say, I know we've talked about Grand Blue on the show before, and every time we talk about them, there seems to be like a character announcement. So there's uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Grand Blue Fantasy The Animation. So yeah, it looks like it was a fighting game, and then it's now it's being developed into an RPG. Huh. I have to read more up on this game. Like, I'm curious about gameplay and if it plays like a fighting game, but it's a JRPG or if it's just turn based. Or and I, I do not remember if it's going to be free to play like uh, Genshin or if it's going to be a paid game. I don't remember. Yeah, because I want to say but I want to say this is an MMO, but I could be wrong. No, it couldn't be. Now that I'm thinking about it, never mind. I mean, it could be, but it's kind of weird to have an MMO where you play a static characters. True, but then again, Genshin and Honkai both do it. That's true. But I guess they're not really JRPGs. No, they are RPGs. They are RPGs. So, so you can take the next one, man. All right. 
Animation RPG Breakers Unlock the World, announced for PC, iOS, and Android. Playable at Tokyo Game Show 2023. Black Clover M Rise of the Wizard King developer Vic Game Studios has announced Breakers Unlock the World, a new animation RPG for PC, iOS, and Android. It will be playable at Tokyo Game Show 2023, which will run from September 21st to 24th at Makuhari Mis in Chiba, Japan. Breakers Unlock the World is an animation RPG in development for PC and smartphone at Vic Came Studios. It is an all-new original title that depicts the story of the journey to the Library of God at the farthest end of the Earth where all knowledge of the world is accumulated. The journey of the characters brought to life through cel-shaded rendering will invite you to a gameplay experience that feels like playing an anime. The Vic Game Studios booth will feature a huge LED display. Attendees will be able to go hands-on with Breakers Unlock the World, as well as take-home novelty goods. More information will be announced at a later date. And there is a, there is a trailer on YouTube for it. Um... Doesn't say much about what the game is about, but I know we've covered this before, and I think last time we covered it, we said it was cool. Man, my thing is that the whole and this trailer really doesn't show much either. I just kind of skipped through it, but um, the animation RPG struck me as interesting. I'm like, mm -hmm. are they going to go like the Nino Kuni style, where it just straight up looks like not that they're going to go Studio Ghibli, but like you know what I mean? Like that, those games look like Studio Ghibli. So, right. are they going to go where it's like an anime looking? Because that's cool. I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Animation cells uh, gameplay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with uh, RPGs that look like animes. Oh, so, boy. Yeah, I was going to say, you want to read this next one because... I forgot the demo this... was coming out. <gasps> Star Ocean. Well, we know what, we know what you're doing tonight after the, <laughs> after the show. Star Ocean, the second story, our demo now available. Uh, a demo for the action RPG remake, Star Ocean, the second story R, is now available for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam. Publisher Square Enix and developer Jim Drops have announced. A little overview of the story. <clears throat> Claude C. Kinney, a young officer in a pan-galactic federation, is sent to investigate a mysterious dome discovered on planet Milokinia. On the orders of Ronix, his father and commanding officer. There, he discovers an un unfamiliar-looking mechanism. Hoping to demonstrate his courage, he ignores Ronix's objections and touches it, only to just disappear in a blinding flash. Later, Claude wakes up surrounded by lush forests and realizes he's been transported somewhere far, far away. Trying to f and failing to get into contact with Ronix, Claude scouts the area around him, only to discover a monster just as it's about to attack a young girl. Rushing into the prey, Claude fires away with the phase gun his father gave him. Seeing Claude rescue her with this bright, lethal force, the girl, Rena Lanford, mistakes him for a figure from the midst of her homeland, a hero who bears a sword of light. In order to properly thank him, Rena takes Cloud, Cla Claude, excuse me, not Cloud. <laughs> Rena takes Cloud. Oh my god, I did it again! Claude, to the village of Arela. Wrong JRPG! Hoping against hope. Hoping against hope that he can be the one to save the entire nation. I'm sorry. My brain laughed when I read Sword of Light because I'm like, how many of these J old JRPGs have the Sword of Light in there? Because we were just playing one before we went live. I was just showing you Valkyrie no Densetsu. Yeah. And I got an item called the yeah. Sword of Light. <laughs> and you got told everything. 
<laughs> oh man. The, there's usually a something of light. Warrior of light. Sort of light. Warrior of light. Something of the light. The flash of light. Flash of light. Blank of light. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the real-time action combat allows you to unleash special art skills with a simple push of a button. Battles have become even more strategic with new elements added to the combat system. These features allow you to stun enemies by layering attacks or to prompt an ally character not currently in your party to perform a follow-up attack. The original effects and animations have been further refined, making combat even more exhilarating. Thrilling and visual explosive battles. Enjoy fast-paced combats and strategically defeat foes with new mechanics such as break and assault actions. Dealing massive damage and featuring protagonists from across the Star Ocean series. That's cool. Uh, Renewed battle effects. Incredibly rich effects create battles bursting with energy. That was a hard sentence to say. Stun your enemies to stop them in their tracks and deal major damage with a follow-up attack from your allies. Fight alongside your allies to eradicate the enemy in one fell swoop. And these screenshots look beautiful. Oh, man. Yeah, they do. And just this pixel art combined with these modern effects for spells. Man, I'm looking at this one called Hyper Launcher right now. And it's just, wow. Yeah, and and the crazy thing, too, is that the overworld so they went the Ewan Chronicle route so Ewan Chronicle when that game comes out as well which we'll be touching on in a bit um is 2D sprites but like your backgrounds and things are rendered in 3D yeah which is just a cool the, contrast the 2D HD approach yeah and it's just oh so cool um so the new break system to neutralize and break down foes each enemy character has a shield value when it hits zero, they are temporarily stunned, letting you deal more damage. Use this opportunity to hit them as hard as you can. Additionally, each character's special art skills are divided by the type of damage they deal, from HP-focused to balanced to break-focused, uh, adding a tactical factor as you decide the best skill to use for the situation. So, Octopath Traveler, speaking of which. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now that you're, yeah, that and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Bravely Default. It's kind of like Bravely that. Default, yeah. yes. Uh, each character's special art skills can be easily launched with the L1 and R1 buttons. You can also tap L1 and R1 twice to use the combo link, which lets you quickly launch a preset special art combo. Simple controls enable flashy, powerful sequel attacks, lending extra speed and excitement to every battle. Your assault gauge fills up as time passes during battle, and when it's maxed out, you can launch an assault action that calls upon your party members to execute follow-up attacks. And these special art skills each character uses can be set up in advance, combine them with special arts from characters you're controlling to create your own original combos. The combat visuals have been completely upgraded for this title, which is something we were just talking about. Uh, right. Battles have been given a facelift, and the combat is more fast-paced, giving the fights a gorgeous, refined feel. From Claude's special arts skill like Dragon Roar to flashy symbolog- symbology strikes like Celine's Southern Cross or Rena's Star Flare, the latest visual techniques make every battle more exciting than ever. And yeah, Southern Cross is the ne- the screenshot right there. It looks awesome. The one right below. Yeah. 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 Uh, Extinction looks cool, too. All, all of them do. Just I'm looking. <clears throat> there's one mirror blade here. Of course, they have an attack called uh, Phoenix something. Oh, yeah. You got to have Phoenix in there. Because you have to have a Phoenix attack. Um, private action. Phoenix drive. It's always Phoenix drive. Where's the Phoenix driving to? <laughs> the land down on the... Uh, I guess Uh, how you talk to your friends will change the story in many ways 
So that's one of the things about this game. I don't know if you know this game. Like its big claim to fame back in the day is it had like eighty six different endings or something like that on the PlayStation yeah. One. Um, during the game, your party will split up in certain points and temporarily go on their own ways, letting your protagonist have individual story events with each of them, which is something that has continued in Star Ocean. Um, these private actions can affect how other characters see you, and some may even lead to major changes in the overall plot. There are also far more private actions that can be seen in one playthrough, helping add a depth to each story. I wonder if they... So in the original game, sometimes there were characters that if you recruited one character, you couldn't recruit another like other character. Like it was one or the other. Right. I wonder if they changed that or if that's still a thing. So I've played JRPGs where when there are multiple endings come into play, you can do that. You can recruit a character and have another one not be recruitable. But then if you're playing New Game Plus, you get to a point in the game where you can like go through like a portal and get all your party members from the last save back. So I remember playing Chrono Cross and I played that game to death on the PS one. And I just remember there's a specific way you can go through that game multiple times and get every single party member. And there's a bunch of them in that one, right? There's like 40, something like that. There's something like 40. Yeah. And you can't do it in one playthrough. You have to do it through multiple playthroughs. So, um, maybe, maybe they're doing something similar here. Ooh, there's food. Make your own all-powerful weapons and armor. Uh, traditional item creation evolved. Item creation, a hallmark of the series, has advanced even further, letting you add special effects known as factors to the items that you make. Be it an almighty weapon that also heals HP or an accessory that cons- or constantly refills MP, you can create unique items no one has ever come up with before letting you go deeper than ever with your party building. And it's got cooking. Oh, boy. In addition to item creation, you can give skill points to your characters to help them learn various special skills. When characters with the right combination of skills come together, uh, right now over me, it'll unlock a powerful super specialty. These include all kinds of useful skills for adventuring. For example... The Master Chef, I almost said Master Chief. The Master Chef Super Specialty lets you cook dishes with powerful effects that cannot be made with regular cooking. Similarly, it's always been a hard word for me to say. The Bunny Call Super Specialty calls a bunny into the field, which you can ride on and use to traverse the field much more quickly than with normal travel. Ride a rabbit. Do you have to eat the eat a rabbit to ride a rabbit? I don't believe so. Huh. Uh... So and there are also mini games. You will unlock and access to a variety of mini games as you proceed in the story. Uh, these include the arena, where you fight tough battles with restricted while restricted by certain conditions, and bunny racing, where adorable bunnies race hard and potentially earn you a fortune. Win these games and earn prizes and rewards, but do not let them distract you too much from your adventure. Why not? <gasps> Fishing spots can now be found on the world map. Letting you enjoy fishing at rivers, oceans, and even wells or swimming holes. You may also find in these spots then dungeons and other local or dangerous locales. But if you reel in the wrong creature, you could have a fight on your hands. In addition to expanding the game's exploration aspect, you can also exchange the fish you catch with NPCs for useful items. Some speak of uncatchable, quote, giants lurking somewhere out there, but travel far enough, and you might just complete your fish encyclopedia. Was there fishing in the original? No. They're adding a lot of stuff to this. Uh, Dude, I am getting more and more hyped the more I read this. (laughs) Dang. Yeah. Oh, man. There's... And look at... They've legit took 
taken like an original game and they have I, I don't want to say put modern mechanics in, but they have made it a game for 2023. And just and again, I know this is an audio po- podcast, so it doesn't really help the listeners. But dude, look at that screenshot where he's fishing, where Claude's fishing, and look at the 3D hey, house behind there. I was just there too. I just I was just scrolling. Uh, there's the race. Oh yeah. So look at like that. that 3D pre-rendered. Like those are so. Like that is my favorite graphic style, is pre-rendered oh, yeah. graphics. I don't I don't know if it's because of the time I grew up in, and the the games that I played had really nice pre-rendered. Like you know, the Final Fantasies and stuff had these ridiculous pre-rendered backgrounds. Yeah. But dude, that yeah no that warms my heart to see. Like that looks so good. That is beautiful. Um, use fast travel at any time to return to locations that you have already visited. That's awesome. So yeah, Star Ocean, the second story R, is due out for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam on November 2nd worldwide. Oh boy. I can't wait. I can't, I, that game is going to look beautiful on PC. I think it is going to look beautiful on PC, and I bet on the Steam Deck as well. It'll probably look good on the Steam Deck. Although... If I have something that could bump it up past 800p, it'll probably look even better on that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but as long as it looks better than Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch. Ooh, shots fired. We're fun. not going to go there. So I'll let you take this next one, my good sir. Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince demo now available. Carry your monster party over to the full game when it launches. A demo for Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince is now available for Switch via Nintendo eShop, Square Enix announced. Players will be able to transfer the monsters in their main party and reserves from the demo to the full game when it launches. Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince is due out for Switch on December 1st, and there was a new trailer released on the September 14th Nintendo Direct, which... Oh boy, that that covered some doozies, some JRPG doozies. And we are coming up on those soon, my good sir. That was quite the direct. But if you're if you're hyped about Dragon Quest Monsters, I know Nate probably is. Yeah. Um, there's a demo. Yeah, he is. We'll give it a shot. He was very excited when he saw that they were doing another Monsters game. <clears throat> yeah, I th- I want to say the last one was what Game Boy. I believe so. Or- yeah. Or PlayStation 1. I don't remember. Well, this is a 3? There was a PlayStation 1 game that was a Dragon Quest Monsters game, but it was a spinoff of a spinoff. <laughs> it was like a gotcha. some guy's name, and it was Monsters. I don't remember. I have the uh, the translated ROM for it, but... Yeah. ISO. Um, yeah, no, I'm trying to remember when the original game came out, but... I remember we covered this last episode, and we kind of said, uh, pay attention, Game Freak. Yeah. Because they're they're doing things with monster capture that, you know, Pokemon don't dare to do. Yeah, and they should change up their you know change right. up their style some. Um, they have to do something because um, I don't think we're covering it in a news story, but the DLC did drop, and I played a little bit of it. Oh yeah, the frame rate is trash. Is it? Oh, that's sad. Yeah. I was so hyped for DLC because I'm like, maybe they'll fix this game. They made it more broken. <laughs> That's, oh man. Scarlet, oh. Do you think they'll mm, fix it with an update? Right. No. <laughs> no. I, I, I think they're already planning the next game. Fair enough. 
and and the next game is probably going to be for the next switch and be graphically capable of doing better hopefully but and you can't even call scarlet and violet a fail because it sold millions i didn't buy it but yeah it sold a lot it'll probably run better for you on yuzu than it will on the switch <laughs> that's what i would assume oh uh, man um so Uden Chronicle 100 Heroes will launch for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC via Steam, Epic Game Store, and GOG on April 23rd, 2024. Publisher 505 Games and developer Rabbit and Bear Studios have announced it will also be available via Xbox Game Pass. Pause. I just want to get. Uh, I just want to. I just want to say. Shout out to this game for coming out on GOG, because I don't right. know if people listening to this show know much about GOG um, it good old games um, it's a website where you can get games from it it's just like Steam except every game that you buy from GOG is DRM free so you can download it and then you can go into the GOG Galaxy and you can download an install an offline installer and then you just have that game you can do whatever you want with it um, you want to send it to your friends they beg of you not to do that but you can because it's DRM free they don't believe yeah. in piracy protection and things like that. They're like, you own this. So if GOG ever shuts down, you still have access to all of these games. Whereas if Steam ever shut down, you may have an issue. <laughs> mm, and I have a lot of Steam And games. don't even ask me how much my Steam is worth because there's a website that tells you that and it depresses me every time I go and look. I want to go look now. Remind me after the because I've gotten a lot of Steam games on the cheap. I mean, clearly you have to agree to the Steam subscriber agreement, but yeah, I've gotten some games that are cheap on there, and I will continue to be a shell for Steam. I sent a message <laughs> to our personal chat to remind me to. We'll do that after we get off air. I'll go see what mine's at now. Oh and- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, I see it. You yeah, know, I'm not. I'm not gonna do it now. We don't need. We don't need me crying. <laughs> we. We we already got uh, extra excited, Mikhailov. We don't need a uh, blubbery, ugly cry, Mikhailov. So we are thrilled to finally announce the release date of Uden Chronicles' Hundred Heroes," said Rabbit and Bear Studio lead Yoshitaka Murayama in a press release. Having our game featured in Nintendo Direct this year is a real testament to the hard work of our team, but more importantly, to the patience of all of our fantastic backers who had faith in us to deliver the action JRPG that they have been waiting for. Here's a brief overview of the game via 505 Games. Ewan and Chronicle, 100 Heroes, is a JRPG from the legendary game developers Yoshitaka Morayama from Suikoden 1 and 2 and Junko Kawano from Suikoden 1 and 4, which take, uh, takes the turn-based strategy game experience to the next level. Ewan and Chronicle 100 Heroes features a finely crafted six-character battle system, meticulously created 2D sprites and 3D backgrounds, a riveting story with over a hundred playable characters, and engaging gameplay design to bring players a modern take on a classic JRPG. And if you would like to watch the new trailers, they are available out there. You can go look up the most uh, recent Nintendo Direct. I do believe I also retweeted this. So definitely go check it out. And again, again... The, the 2D sprites with the 3D backgrounds just looks so nice at the bottom of the, the article. Yeah, I'm looking at the screenshots, and yeah, you have those pre-rendered backgrounds. You ha- Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, man, I want to see uh, more games d- dip their toes 
into this style. Like there's this this first screenshot that just shows a path that kind of forks at the end. You've got and you've got like the water off to the side with the sun reflecting off of it and the trees like chef's kiss. Yeah, dude. And that's like I think that's overworld. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's overworld. I think. I mean, it might just be like a part of a level, but it looks like an overworld map to me. Oh, when's this game coming out? Oh, I just read it. Where did it go? I was going to say, I know you read it. But... April 23rd, 2024. That. Mm. So we got some time. Well, maybe, maybe I'll get through. Maybe I'll be able to play it then. <laughs> I got to get through. So I got to get through some things. Um, So this next thing, I'm going to let you cover the next two. Actually, I might let you cover the next three. Oh. Um, oh, that's fine. But the next thing I didn't send you, uh, I sent you, but I didn't tell you where I put it at in the link or anything, was that Final Fantasy XIV Japan <laughs> is doing a crossover <laughs> with KFC Japan. And it looks like, I don't know if there's going to be a quest that has to do with Colonel Sanders or if they're just putting in glamour items where you can make yourself look like Colonel Sanders or if someone just oh, made please, themselves look like Colonel Sanders. Please, please, I want to look like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> that would be tremendous, dude. Oh, my goodness. Colonel, give, Colonel Sanders is a black maid. Give us an emote where you pull out a bucket of KFC chicken and start munching down on it, bro. <laughs> oh, I would pay the $5 for that emote. I would, I would pay for that emote. <laughs> I would totally do it. I can just picture, and they're pretty, they're pretty worldwide in their releases. Like they don't really separate stuff that happens in Japan versus stuff that happens in anywhere else in the world. Yeah, and sometimes it takes a little bit for them to do events like this, and, and like they'll bring it over to America. But still, yeah. like, man, <laughs> I can't, I can just picture my big old Rogan as with a bucket of chicken, just mowing down. And I'm a cat dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you would just take the bucket of chicken and knock it over. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> knock it off the table. Psh. Swat. Yeah, dude, that looks it looks tremendous. And there's no real news story for that. It's just a little trailer of <laughs> what looks to be Colonel Sanders as a black mage. It just it looks awesome. Holding oh, it's holding the stardust rod. And it's Colonel. Oh man! All right, man. I'm gonna let you take these next. Two. I just, I just, I, I want somebody in the game to say, "What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? You chicken? <laughs> no one calls me a All chicken." All right. So the next couple articles. Uh, let's a go. Let's a go. Let's a go. Shout out to Charles Martinet, Nintendo ambassador. Uh, Super Mario RPG. Nintendo Direct, September 14, 2023, trailer and screenshots. Mario and Bowser link up and take down a fearsome foe. Nintendo has released a new trailer and screenshots for Super Mario RPG as part of today's Nintendo Direct broadcast. Get the latest details below. Uh, I gotta get close to the mic here. The Super Nintendo Entertainment System game is back. I'm trying to sound like an 80s commercial. You're doing well. You really did. (laughs) With updated graphics and new features, Mario and Bowser form an unprecedented alliance to take on a fearsome foe. And joining them are Princess Peach and original characters Mallow and Gino. In battle... 
Time your button presses with action commands to increase damage dealt or decrease damage received. Now, when you time your attacks perfectly, you can damage all enemies at once. I actually don't like Woo-hoo. that. I you don't? I mean, I get I get why they're doing it, and I hope you could shut it off. You think it's OP? I think it's OP. Okay. That, that's I fair. mean, I have never played the original I, other than dabbled with it. Oh, you have mm, I was going to say you might as well wait till November at this point. But if you can if you can emulate the original SNES one, I, I, I oh, first of all, I own that game on SNES. Nice. And I've played it more times than I can count. When I was younger, like literally for the I played that game for 6 months. I just would go through it over and over and over again. Like the game was just just amazing. I've always heard good things about and, it. And when I saw the trailer, not this trailer that was on the direct, but the there was a trailer and it showed the original intro from the Super Nintendo. And I was hyped when I saw that because I'm like, oh, Super Mario RPG is coming to Nintendo Switch Online. That's what I thought, too. Which, That's what I thought, yeah. too. And, and then, like, just, you know, Fairy comes out, waves a wand, and all of a sudden it's just modern graphics. I'm like, they didn't and they did but just they had to partner back up with square enix they had to renegotiate the rights to the unique characters and to the story square square made this game yeah not enix square 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 (laughs) square back before they merged yeah yeah and so they the the fact that they had to go back to the table and renegotiate, they probably started, and I'm just speculating here, they probably started <clears throat> by renegotiating Nintendo Switch Online, and somebody at Square Enix must have been like, why don't we just remake it? There's a lot of money to be had. If we're doing this, we'll do it all the yeah. way. <laughs> if we're doing this, we're charging a full price game. Yeah. And hopefully it looks so. better than Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch for a full price game. Zing! Oh, shots fired. <laughs> Fatality. Fatality. <laughs> oh, man. You know what's funny is that we were just talking about Star Ocean. I'm pretty sure that Star Ocean yeah. was Enix back in the day. Star Ocean was Enix. Yeah. So yeah. I, <clears throat> Dragon to me. Quest was Enix. Was it? Dragon Quest was Enix. Yeah, it was not Square. Oh. Well. Final Fantasy was Square. Okay. Man, talk about a merger. That was a merger. I always thought they were that, competitors for a long time. Yeah. Okay. I always thought that Square was both Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, but to know that, that's a heck of a merger. I bet like yeah. the gaming community back then was like, "Whoa, what's going to happen yeah. now?" Like, yeah. Oh, well, what happened is we got all the stuff we love better, <laughs> but better. Then we got Final Fantasy X, and we were like, "Whoa, hold on now. <laughs> what is this beauty?" I, I still haven't played it. You never played ten. It's no. great. It's great. I it's a to, long hallway, but it's really good. So I had a PS1, and so I played 7, 8, and 9, but I never got my hands on a PS2 until like a couple of years ago. Okay. And But now I have it on... I, I bought it on Switch back before Steam Deck and emulation was a thing. And then I rebought it on Steam because I'm like, I'd rather play it on my Steam Deck because the controls are nicer. And I just still haven't played it. I don't know what's wrong with I haven't me. played ten two for what it's worth. Um uh, but have you uh oh man my mind just blanked. Ten two. No, you were talking about playing Final Fantasy on Steam Deck. It's gone. Don't remember. Doesn't matter. Oh. 
It wasn't about 14, was no. it? No. Okay. No, it was about... It's gonna... uh, oh, 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 I remember now. Thank you. Uh, it, had nothing, it had nothing to do with 14, but that reminded me because I feel like there's 14 of these games. Ha- as you didn't have a PS2. You played Kingdom Hearts? Mm-hmm. Hold on. I got close to the mic. Mm-hmm. I tried it three times. Okay. Are you... I tried it three times, um, <laughs> and I do the same thing each time. I kill Cerberus. I grind. I get to the Tarzan level. I get frustrated. I stop. Yeah, Tarzan level. Tarzan level is not mapped well. Like, no. My so I I have nostalgia for the original Kingdom Hearts, and we'll get back to Super Mario RPG in just a second. I promise. But like, I have nostalgia for Kingdom Hearts one. But ob- objectively, Kingdom Hearts two is a better game in every way. Yeah. But yeah, so far my favorite story in the games that I've played has been Birth by Sleep. Which was a okay. the game that doesn't even have Sora or Roxas in it. You play as Terra, Ventus, and uh, Aqua. I have no idea who any of those people are. I didn't either until I played that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was gonna make a 368 over two days joke, and I just don't have it. <laughs> in me. I I do appreciate that they took that game and they took a uh, coded. Or recoded, whatever it was called. Yeah, recoded. And they made those into movies that you watch in the collection. So they're not actual playable games. They're all the cutscenes put together that just like tell you the yeah. story of them. Because they're like, yeah, there's going to be hard to take these mobile games like and make them into a something worth it. So yeah, they do. A, they show a little bit of gameplay if I remember, but mostly it's just the cutscenes. It's just enough so that you can pick up on events when they happen in the mainline games, which is. Here's the thing about Kingdom Hearts. And again, we'll get back to Super Mario RPG like just after this, I promise, listeners. But like Kingdom Hearts made the bold decision that any game they release is canon. Yeah. And and, and not only canon, but like the pivotal story. Yeah. So like the the on the uh, the mobile game, Kingdom Hearts Key War or whatever it was, the online multiplayer part of it's gone, but you can still download it and play yeah. it because there's key story elements in there. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous. They went Marvel before Marvel went. Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> they really did. All right, continue with wow. Super Mario, sir. So, uh, successful action commands. Oh yes, thank you. Oh yeah, because we talked about damaging all the enemies at yeah. once. All right, but back to eighties commercial mode. Successful action commands will fill the action gauge. That. When full, will unleash a three-character triple move. The triple move changes based on your current party, so try out different combos. Just like the original game, you'll encounter bosses with colorful personalities in your adventure. This time, once you clear the game, you could challenge some of them again, but these powered-up bosses won't be easy. And it's coming out on November 17th for Nintendo Switch Worldwide. And, man, if they did not do Geno justice (laughs) in this game, like, he looks phenomenal. Mallow looks like Mallow. Geno's a little puppet guy, right? Yeah, but Geno, you have to keep in mind, Geno's only been in one game ever. This one. And he's never ever been referenced in any other Mario IP at all, which leads me to believe that he must be a square property. 
that would make sense. Like they created him for the game. Yeah. And I think Mallow is the same way because you never see or hear anything about either of them. You don't run into people that look like them. Although Gino was a, an aberration because he was a, a spoiler alert. He's a, he's a star spirit that just possessed a puppet wooden doll, wooden puppet. But Mallow is like a cloud and has like, there, there are cloud people. I love Mallow's pants. I don't, oh, he has. Yeah. Like, I that, love, that was a weird. That was a weird segue. He's a cloud person. I like his pants. He is. Like, I'm looking at his picture of him and he's just a cloud wearing pants. He's got a pink looking mohawk thing and I love him. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've I've always loved Mallow. Um, but imagine. But yeah, no, this. Oh, oh, say, imagine. OK, picture a world. Where Nintendo sees how much money Xbox is making with their their games on PC, and how much money that Sony is now raking in, putting out some of their uh, original you know IPs on PC, raking in the money. And then let's just say Nintendo decides, hey, you know what? We would like to make more money because we're Nintendo and we like money. And they started putting out some of these games like this on PC. Even if mm. I think we've talked about it before, even if they did their own proprietary launcher, the yeah. Nintendo PC launcher, bro, they are that would be so much money for them. There's one thing I've learned about Nintendo over the years is that they actually don't like money. <laughs> you know what? You're right, though. You're right. They make enough to keep themselves afloat. And. They they make plenty. I'll say they they have the the established reign that they can put out a game for fifty nine ninety nine and it'll yeah. stay fifty nine ninety nine. Right, and people will buy it for fifty nine ninety nine. Fifty nine ninety nine. So they make enough money to stay afloat, but they make decisions to like do certain things and they're like, we project that this is going to make us X amount of money. And when we get that X amount of money, we're good. Yeah. What was the, uh, the, the Mario all-star collection or whatever. That yeah. was like, it was artificial scarcity because it was digital. And they yeah. were like, Oh no, you can only get this for a certain amount of time. And I didn't get it out of principle. I'm like, no dude, like yeah. that's just, that's capitalizing on FOMO. And also, yeah. it's digital, right? Like what? And speaking of, speaking of digital, before we move on, let's talk about this because this is gaming related and may affect some JRPGs. Correct. What in Unity's right mind were they thinking when they made this decision that they put out there that they're going to charge developers for every install past a certain point, any install? So like I don't know how they'd keep track of it, but they're talking about like even when people pirate the games and install them, they will charge a fee to the developer for an install charge. What? And I'm like, so these developers who are like indie developers and their games are coming out on Game Pass. So say a million people install that game on Game Pass. They don't get any money from people playing it on Game Pass, but then they get charged for those million people installing it. That doesn't make any That's sense. That makes zero sense because Microsoft is paying them for the Game Pass, right? Yeah. And, and and the crazy thing is so many developers are like talking about delaying their games so they can switch them to like Unreal or something like that. And it's just stopping using Unity altogether. 
And well, you're gonna have and to. Unity hasn't come out and like backed off about it. And I'm like, dude, do you really care that much more about your shareholders than you do the people who actually use your your, your product? Unfortunately, I mean, look what look what's happened with Twitter and Reddit. Like they just came out and made these decisions that put their communities in an uproar. And what did Reddit do? Reddit did the same thing Twitter did. They canceled their third party app support. Oh, so yeah, people are outraged. But what did they do? They got mad for a week and then they just quietly calmed down and just started using the official apps with all their bugs and ads, which is what both Twitter and Reddit wanted. And so Unity is probably expecting developers to do the same thing. But they're going to be outraged and then they're going to be like, crap. Okay. Yeah, we'll maybe. But also, like, maybe. the changes to Reddit and the changes to Twitter didn't affect people's income. Right. Like, it. Well, it did in the sense that it put developers out of a job because developers of those third party apps now suddenly lost their revenue from them. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But, 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 but not for the end user. But, well, let's say that Twitter decided. Like, okay, we're going to keep these third party things, but every time someone uses it, I'm going to charge half a penny. And then everyone on Twitter uses that third party app. And then suddenly this developer who's been doing good, making money off of it, gets a bill for X amount of dollars. And you're like, what? What if it's more than he made off having it? You know what I mean? Like that's that. That's what Reddit did. They said that you can use our API to run your app, but we're going to charge you. And it was some astronomical amount. It was something like, pay us a million dollars a year, and you could use it. That's that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. I just I don't see this unless Unity comes out and like changes their tune, because they were they were trying to be like, oh, it's it's not until you hit a certain threshold, and it's like, okay, that's what Unreal's always done is once you hit a certain threshold, they'll start charging you for, but not per install. It's no. per sale. Yeah, like that's way more fair. Because what happens? I mean. I don't know. Look at me. I have, I'm looking right now. I'm looking at my Steam Deck and off to the side, I have two other Windows handhelds. So you're telling me that if I were to download a Unity game I, that I purchased once, I download it on the Steam Deck, I download it on the other two handhelds I have that run Windows, and I download it on my desktop, they're getting charged four times. Yes. Yeah, then then they're not making it. There's nobody that's going to use it anymore because <laughs> there's no profit to be had there. One of the uh, your game would have to be so good that that wouldn't hurt you, but it, it is going to hurt you because the more popular your game is, the more you're installing it. Yeah, the more people are installing it, dude. And think about that's a big chunk of change. Think about like in this day and age, games are like a hundred gigabytes. Now, maybe not necessarily right. Unity games, but Let's take. I'm just going to use Red Dead Redemption as a as an example because I know that that's a massive game and it's a, it's you know it's over a hundred gigs. Mm. So I will install that and play it for a little bit, but then I uninstall it to make room for other games because there's a hundred and something gigabytes. But I'm going to reinstall right. it eventually. So there's no reason that Rockstar, even though it's Rockstar, they have tons of money. But even that's not the point. Rockstar should not have to eat a charge every time I'm trying to make room. On my right, on my hard drive, dude. It's just, it just doesn't make any and sense. And you're not the only one doing it. 
Like, just millions and millions of people who adopt that same philosophy. Yeah. I'm going to uninstall it when I'm done with it, and maybe if I go back to it, I'm going to reinstall it. Yeah. I just I just uh, uninstalled Final Fantasy uh, Remake Integrate off my ROG Ally because I wanted to save hard drive space on that handheld because there's another handheld coming in, because I'm insane, <laughs> that I really want to play that specific game on. And so I don't see the point to having it installed on the Ally when... I want, I'm going to be reaching for this other device to play it on. And it's the second time I've uninstalled it. I'm going to reinstall it. Yeah. And that would be another charge to Square Enix. And that's another charge to Square Enix. If it was a Unity I mean, they game. Print, right. I mean, they print money. But I think it actually might be. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. It runs on some kind of engine. Some kind of really good engine. I just know but. that there are like a handful of games like Gidonia or Gidonia, however you want to pronounce it. And, and yeah. all these other indie games that I've played that are Unity developed that are really good. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to leave this installed on my computer now because yeah. I don't want to cost them money because I want them to succeed. No. <laughs> now I actually want to look up games that I have because if I have them and they are Unity games, I'm going to install them now. Yeah. And I'm just not going to take them off. Yeah. That would be my recommendation to people because this does not go into effect yeah. until the beginning of next year. Yeah. Unless so, they back off I'll on just, it, but I'll keep you posted. Who knows? They may. But anyway. Yeah, move on to this next one. I know uh, you're excited for this next one. I am hyped. Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, announced for Switch. Nintendo has announced Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door for Switch. It is an updated version of the GameCube game of the same name, and it will launch in 2024. Here's an overview of the game via <clears throat> Nintendo. Here we go. 80s commercial time again. The Nintendo GameCube game returns with updated graphics. Turn the page and join Mario and friends in an RPG adventure to discover the legendary treasure behind the ancient thousand year door. Will Mario complete his papery quest or will he crumple under the pressure? <laughs> Props to whoever wrote this piece of marketing. Yeah. <laughs> like... Love the dad jokes. <laughs> Find out when Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door unfolds on Nintendo Switch in 2024. More information about this game will be available in the future. And the trailer is um, basically an HD beautiful version of Thousand Year Door. Now, you can currently... Play this game um, through Dolphin. Yeah, with emulation. With emulation, uh, with a widescreen hack, and you, depending on what you're playing it on, you can run it at 1080p. And it does look beautiful. But this looks more beautiful. Yeah, but this looks really good. <laughs> this looks really good. And... Nintendo has been trying stuff with the Paper Mario franchise for a long time. That's my question, is that I remember having yeah. conversations with James, the old host of the JRPG Report, and he loved the first Paper Mario. And he said everyone yeah. after the first one slowly strayed away from what the original was like until now. They're not even Correct. really RPGs anymore. No. Um, Origami King was the last Paper Mario game to come out in the Nintendo Switch. And... They did um, 
attempt like a turn-based system, but it was still quirky enough that it was not like Mario RPG or Paper Mario or this game. So really, when it comes to the Paper Mario series, uh, unfortunately, it goes Paper Mario for N64, which is available on the uh, expansion pass. And then this game, which is going to be available on the Nintendo Switch in 2024, and no other Paper Marios exist, according to most fans. But there are a niche group of people that swear by every single one. They've played them up for for Wii, for DS, for 3DS, um, and then they played Origami King. From what I hear, Origami King is a great story that's marred by some difficult gameplay. Okay, and that seems to be a theme with some of the um, Nintendo spinoffs that I've I've played over the years. What I'm hoping happens with this is this game coming out is Nintendo basically saying, hey, fans, you were right. We hear you. We hear you. This is what you want. Here's the game that you fell in love with all these years ago. And we're going to we're going to make another one. And it's going to be like this. Yeah. Here's here's hoping that's. That's that's my. I'm gonna keep, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that they are going to continue with Mario RPGs and this is just a drop in the bucket to remind the grown-ups of where we came from to introduce these games to to kids who were not alive when they came out and to say we're not done yet. We've got more coming, and and this is what we're going to pr- start producing. Yeah, man, that that would be nice because I've only ever heard about the Paper Mario games. I've never played them. You know what I mean? But I've heard mm-hmm. that, uh, like you said, the original and then Thousand Year Door are the two that, if you're going to play any, play those. I'd say do yourself a favor. I mean, not anytime soon because I know you're playing a a, a non JRPG. You know? Yeah, I am. That 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 uh you know you're in a field I'm fielding some stars yeah, yeah. You're, you're fielding some stars, um, but when you get a chance if you feel like something a little bit more lighthearted, just boot up RetroArch and just play the original Paper Mario. It's only like something like a thirty hour game. That's not bad. No, it's <clears throat> not bad at all, and it's it's a good story. Or uh, maybe I'll keep that in mind for uh yeah a um. So on the Patreon, I used to do um, Let's Plays. And okay. I was doing uh, Final Fantasy VI for the JRPG Report uh, Patreon. But I'm not going to lie. I just didn't get on with it. I know everyone loves Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VI, and no offense to anybody, but that game's just too sad for me. Yeah, that is true. Like, it is a bummer. It was, just, it was just bummer after bummer after bummer, and I was already not in a great headspace. So just playing that wasn't great. Yeah. So I've been, I've been wanting to get back into that. Um, and it might be fun to like have you sit in and chat with me while we're pl- playing through whatever. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, um, that'd be actually that'd be a good time. So I would do there, that. There are a few different ones that I've had in mind, like Rhapsody of Musical Adventures, one um, Paper Mario. I'll throw that in there as well. Um, like Fantasy Star, like things like that. You know what I mean? Like the, the older stuff that I I want to go. Like my whole point of that series was to go back and play these JRPGs that everyone told me was fantastic, but I never played. Right. One of them that comes to mind too is Suikoden, Suikoden Two, like those. I've those heard games. good things. I've never played that one either. Um, and speaking of an older series that's got a new game coming out, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to read this whole article because this is a very very long article. Yeah, Gamatsu likes to really uh, 
go deep with the info. Yeah, I, I appreciate them for it. But sometimes, oh boy, yeah. a lot of words. Um, it is, but but I guess if you want, you know, a deep dive as to what this game is going to be like, um, it is there for you to read. Yes, it is, and I will retweet it um, if I haven't already. Square Enix has announced that Saga Emerald Beyond for PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, PC, iOS, and Android, and it will launch digitally in early 2024 worldwide. The latest standalone entry in the Saga franchise, Saga Emerald Beyond, brings together the very best elements of the beloved series to offer each player their own unique gameplay experience. Make use of glimmers and combos in battle, and meet a diverse cast of races including monsters, mechs, and vampires, and experience your very own story created through your choices and actions. Travel to 17 unique worlds from the junction, either led by the hand of destiny or by a path forged by your own choices. Discover the completely different cultures and landscapes ranging from a densely developed forest of skyscrapers to a green and luscious habitat covered in plant life to a world governed by five witches or one ruled by vampires, just to name a few of the distinct settings. Six leading characters, all from diverse backgrounds with vastly different goals, set out on their journey in five unique story arcs. They venture to the myriad of worlds for their very personal reasons. One, a human on a mission to protect the barrier defending his city. Another, a witch trying to regain her lost magic while maintaining her disguise as a schoolgirl. And yet another, a vampire lord out to regain his crown and reclaim the throne as the rightful king of his world. Even selecting the same protagonist for a second, or a third, or a fourth playthrough will lead to completely new events and stories, a completely fresh path and experience. Saga Emerald Beyond has the greatest number of branching plots of any game in the Saga series. The story branches abundantly depending on your choices and actions, and every time you visit a world, the story will evolve, allowing the protagonist and player alike to discover new possibilities. As the story unfolds in this way, it becomes a tale all of your own, not only affecting the path that you walk, but also the multiple potential endings that await each protagonist. Sky Skyrim. Oh my goodness. Saga Emerald Beyond further refines the highly strategic timeline battles in the Saga franchise that has been re long renowned for. With series mainstays such as the skill to spontaneous acquire abilities through the Glimmer system, tactical ally placement known as formations, and united attacks that enable individual skills to connect together to form devastating chain attacks, it offers the best iteration of Saga's turn-based combat to date. The new combat system adds more drama than ever before, allowing you to support party members, interrupt enemy actions, and use united attacks by strategically manipulating the orders of ally actions. The characters that join you, the weapons you wield, the party formation, and your tactics in battle, everything is up to you. The latest standalone entry in the Saga franchise arrives in 2024, bringing together the very best elements of the beloved series to offer each player their own unique gameplay experience. Wait, why is it just repeating itself? <laughs> the article is just repeating I don't know. itself. I got, I got lost looking at uh, the different protagonists. Yeah, the screenshots are sweet. There, there's one... Because uh, each of these stories... And, and the Saga games are typically well-known for having multiple stories and multiple characters. I remember the original Saga Frontier, I think you had like six characters and each had their own individual story. And I think once you played through all of them, I think you finally opened up like a, like a true ending. And I feel like this is holding true to that because you have all these different protagonists with their own stories. But there is one 
that actually is two protagonists because they're partners on a police force. And hmm. that is cool to me. That is cool. Except they don't look anything like they're dressed up as police officers. As a matter of fact, one of them is... Uh, <laughs> I, d I don't think that's dress code. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. I had something else pulled up that there was another like saga, like saga mercenaries one through four is coming out. But I was seem huh. to have lost that article. I don't know what happened to it. And oh, I've well. only ever played the first one, but I'm not going to lie. This, this looks good. I have on steam. Let me type in saga real quick. Yeah. I have the saga frontier remastered. Yeah. Have you played no. it? You should, but that's the one that I have. I used to, I, I used to love that game back in the day. I had it on PS One, and I don't know, it was just a good game, good, great story. As a matter of fact, there's one, um, there's one character in that game that's a, a half human, half mystic, and and she's cool in her own right, but like she was raised by mystics, and like there's just one mystic that's just. I don't know, long green hair. He's got a sword. Like, he doesn't do a whole lot of damage in battle. Like, I don't remember him ever being a powerhouse. I guess I should have put more effort into, like, trying to make him one. But he was just a cool character. And any opportunity I had to recruit him, I would take it because, I don't know, he gave me Goldar from Power Rangers vibes. Okay. Like... He awesome, the awesome warrior that just never quite did enough damage. Okay. That was Goldar. I can get that. Um, let's see. Here, I'll let you take this next one. All right. Atlas and Vanillaware announced tactical RPG Unicorn Overlord for PS5, PS4, Switch, and Xbox Series. Publisher Atlas and developer Vanillaware have announced that... Unicorn Overlord will launch on March 8th, 2024, worldwide. In the West, a standard edition and collector's edition of Unicorn Overlord will be available. The latter will include a copy of the game, a premium edition box, 16-bit arranged music album, 132-page art book, and an original card game featuring 239 cards. Wow tokens and markers it will also include the pre-order downloadable con i think that's supposed to be content atlas x vanilla atlas cross vanillaware heraldry pack which lets you customize the liberation army's flag with emblem designs from odin sphere dragon's crown and 13 sentinels aegis rim you know quickly odin sphere is one of those games that i emulated no i'm sorry it was either on ps3 or PS4. It was one of the PlayStation 2 classics, and I bought it because the cover looked cool. Yeah. Very interesting game. Fun, though. Huh. I've heard good things about 13 Sentinels, too, but it's I heard it's very story-based. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think I've played that one. I I haven't either. I just I, I looked at the beginning of a, of a long play of it just because I wanted to see what it was about. And and a lot of it was very side-scrolly until, like, you get in the mech, or the characters actually get in the mechs. And then it's just a, a tactical game at that point. That's a, uh, I don't, well, I don't know about mechs and stuff with Odin Sphere, but Odin Sphere was very side scroll, side scrolling game. Okay. I don't know. Um, but the, I don't know, the, uh, 
the collector's edition is pretty uh, beefy. Um, so there is a there's an uh, uh, overview from Atlas. Hold on, I got to do the voice. Liberate your kingdom, reclaim your destiny. From the masterminds that brought Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim, and Odin Sphere, Atlas Cross Vanillaware presents the rebirth of tactical fantasy RPG. Fight against fate and embark on a royal adventure to regain your reign alongside trustworthy allies. Unicorn Overlord combines the timeless tactical RPG genre with overworld exploration and an innovative battle system for a unique, epic fantasy experience in the iconic Vanillaware style. And so this will be coming out on March 8th worldwide so everybody's getting it at the same time yeah man it looks awesome plus there uh, it says that <clears throat> it says that there is a uh, 60 unique characters so that should be pretty cool that's yeah that sounds uh sounds very sweet coding like it does it does yeah uh up next we got so. onion games has officially announced its new rpg as stray children for switch it will launch in winter in japan a worldwide release date has yet to have been announced uh, Stray Children is a bittersweet fairy tale RPG created by the same people behind some of your favorite cult classics like Tulip, Little King Story, Rule of Rose, Super Mario RPG, and of course, Moon, the game we re-released in English in 2021. The story of Stray Children begins like so. One day, a young boy is sucked into a TV set and awakens to find himself in a land made up entirely of children. So begins a boy's adventure in a strange and dangerous wonderland. And then you can check out the trailer if you would like. It seems pretty cool. And I know people were super happy that Moon got released over here eventually. And the funny thing is, this was announced in the Japanese Nintendo Direct, but not the American one. Or not the the international one, I should say. Huh. So, may- so this, this was one of those things like Nintendo Directs are slightly different in Japan. And this was, yeah, this was one of the ones that just wasn't announced for us. Well, fingers crossed that it does get over here eventually because it looks really good. It does look really good. I love that. I like the concept, too. Yeah, me too. Getting sucked into a TV. It's like everyone's kids. That's that's interesting. Kind of Undertale-y. Like, don't you get sucked into another world in Undertale? I don't don't know. I've never never played Undertale. You end up up in, yeah, because you end up in the world of monsters. And then the whole game is you basically trying to get home. All right. Would you like to do the next one? I'll do the next one. This one's short. Disguise and sweet. Seven, uh, Vows of the Virtuous demo for PS5. It's a very demo heavy week. Uh, Vows of the Virtuous demo for PS5, PS4, and Switch is now available in the West. Save data carries over to the full game. A demo for Disguise Seven, Vows of the Virtuous is now available for PS5, PS4, and Switch in the West. Save data from the demo can be transferred to the full game when it launches. This guy, and then it's just saying, again, it's coming out October 3rd. Oh, that's quick. October 3rd in North America, 6th in Europe, and 13th in Oceania. So you could start the game now and carry your data over when the game comes out on the 3rd. I can't help but notice that there's no PC demo, and I wonder, I feel like I remember correctly, it was Disgaea 6 that someone found a workaround in the demo where you could play the entire game mm. on PC. <laughs> and they probably that's, nipped that in the bud. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure demos usually aren't the full game. They're usually, like, literally, they don't ship the full game on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. That might have been one of those weird times where they released the full game. They just, it was just locked behind a, a demo wall. And all you had to do was take down that lock. That's a dumb way to promote your demo, though. <laughs> like, why would you do that if you really don't want people playing the full game? Oh, I'm an idiot, sir. I found the, the article that I thought I lost because it wasn't a saga game. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> all right. Is it this one? Yeah. The PC versions of strategy RPGs, Mercenaries, Wings, The False Phoenix, Mercenaries Saga, Will of the White Lions, Mercenaries Saga 2, Order of the Silver Eagle, and Mercenaries Saga 3, Gray Wolves of War, will all launch on October 12th. Publisher Fly High Works and developer Ridion Japan and Esquadra have announced. Uh, <clears throat> it looks like the fa- uh, the False Phoenix is going to go for fourteen ninety nine on Steam, and the rest of the games will be eleven ninety nine. Uh, and Mercenary Wings: The False Phoenix is currently available for the PlayStation Four and Switch worldwide, and the Mercenary Saga One, Two, and Three are currently available for Switch as a part of the Mercenary Saga Chronicles. So this looks cool. It's like a little uh, strategy JRPG. Kind of looks like it's very fancy tactics. Like exactly what I was about to say is it looks very much in the vein of Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, like right to the point where like they're using the bubbles, like the chat bubbles over their head. That was a very FFT thing. Yeah, for sure. So I'm gonna let you. If you like your, oh go ahead. Oh go ahead. No go ahead. I was just gonna say if you like your tactical RPGs, you're getting three of them. Oh, you're getting four actually. You're getting four. My bad. Yeah. Um. I'll do the next two, and uh, and um, then you could wrap up the the big news. All right, that'll work for me. Okay. Uh, Nosha coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One on December 14th. Physical editions are also available for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 in Japan. Publisher Playism and developer Petit Depoto will release science fiction social deduction RPG Nosha for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on December 14th, the company's announced. In Japan, the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 versions will also be available in Physical Standard and Playism Official Store limited editions for 5280 yen and 9900 yen respectively, First print copies will include two reversible cover arts and Jonas dog tag. The limited edition includes a silver key. Nosha actually first launched for PS Vita on June 6, 2019 in Japan, followed by Switch on December 17, 2020 in Japan, and March 4th, 2021 worldwide and PC via Steam on January 23rd, 2022. And so a quick overview of the game. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the overview. Uh, the Nosha lie. Pretending to be human. They'll get in close, trick, and deceive, and then eradicate each person in the vicinity from the universe, one victim at a time. The crew of a drifting spaceship facing off against a mysterious and deadly threat known as the Nosha and having no idea who among them is really the enemy, formulate a desperate plan for survival. The most suspicious among them will be put into cold sleep one by one 
in an effort to completely rid the ship of Nosha. However, it is almost impossible to tell whether each person put into cold sleep was really Nosha or simply a poor, unfortunate scapegoat sacrificed by the Nosha for their own survival. Can the humans emerge victorious or is mankind doomed? What exactly are Nosha? Why do they attack humans? Discover the truth behind this mysterious life form and the intertwined narratives of your crewmates as you struggle for survival. So this is coming out December 14th for PS5 and PS4. Um, It looks like Japan is getting all the goodies. As always. Um, As always. Um, But it is already available on PC via Steam if uh, this is something that tickles your fancy. More excitingly, Dragon Quest III in HD 2D development progressing quite steadily says Yuji Hori. Um, no updates yet on Dragon Quest XII, um, but development on the May 2021 announced Dragon Quest Three in HD 2D is progressing quite steadily. Um, Yuji Hori told Famatsu this during an interview at World Cosplay Summit 2023 in early August. Um, and then there's a, there's a quick interview, and I guess I'll just, I'll just read the interview. Sorry, I bumped my mic there. Am I still good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he says, I'm involved in... He's involved, Yuji Hori is involved in playtesting, checking, and so on. However, I thoroughly supervised and made revisions early on. The start of development is crucial, after all. Um, and he says that his involvement in Dragon Quest Monsters, Dragon Quest Three, and Dragon Quest Twelve has been pretty equal. Um, when it comes to Dragon Quest Three, he created the game once before, so he knows a lot about it, and he gives a l- advice along the lines of, if you want to change this, you should do it that way. Um, he says Dragon Quest Three is progressing quite steadily. Dragon Quest Twelve, there's not much he could say. Um, and that's pretty much the, the gist of it. He's basically saying, like, stuff's happening, but I can't tell you about it. But So... <clears throat> If I remember correctly, Go ahead. this is our buddy, Nate. Shout out, Nate. Turtle Bear, man. This is his favorite Dragon Quest game. And he, Three. he is super hyped about it. This HD 2D remake. Wow. Um, and But they've been pretty radio silent on it. Like, they announced this a while ago. So this is the first news we've gotten about it. And it's been like, it's like, oh, all right. So it is still a I thing. Think they, <laughs> I think they did do a, like, remaster like I think they did it in like either 16-bit or 32-bit graphics for Switch. something. They did for the Switch because it's one, you, two, and three came out. That's right. Um, you can also get them on mobile if you really want. Yep. So if you really are hankering for some three, like there are there are ways to play it, just not as cool as this one looks. Yeah, I uh, I've been thinking about checking out Dragon Quest V, the Heaven Hand of the Heavenly Bride or something like that. I've heard it's really good. Yes, yes, yes. That was a DS, I think. So it originally came out. Or was it PlayStation 2? So it was Super Nintendo. Ooh. And then it was Japanese only in Super Nintendo, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. Then it got brought over to PlayStation. First and one. And then it got brought over to DS. Okay. Yeah. So. Because I remember DS was a, 
not 3DS, DS, was a Dragon Quest machine for a while. Yes. Not for me personally, but like it played Dragon Quest for a lot of people. So, yeah. Hyped for that. Definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Let's see. All right. So we got two big, two big news stories here at the end. First and foremost, Bandai Namco has announced that Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn, a large-scale expansion to the September 2021 released 2021 released action RPG Tales of Arise, it will launch on November 9th. Which is not that far. Sometimes the story is over, but not quite done. Over a year has passed since the conclusion of Tales of Arise, which by the way is on my like need to play list because I do own Tales of Arise. Mm. Um, but there's so much more story that has been yet to been told. Enter Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn, the upcoming expansion for the Game Awards 2021 RPG of the Year from Bandai Namco Entertainment. Adding over 20 hours of game content, the new expansion adds new quests, dungeons, boss fights, and an epic new story arc with all within the backdrop of an evolving, beautiful fantasy world. Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn begins one year after the conclusion of the original Tales of Arise. Alfin and the rest of the six are caught between a being revered as the liberating hero of Donna and reviled as the destroyer of rights by Renans. By chance, Alfin and his party meet a young girl named Nazamil, who is the daughter of a Renan lord and a Donan. Will the six be able to change the fate of the little girl who will eventually fall under the curse of the mask? Explore the world again with party members who are connected together with a strong bond, experience exciting new challenges, and see a world that is at once familiar, yet evolved since the conclusion of the original story. Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn will be presented in both English and Japanese voiceovers with text localization in English, French, Italian, German, Spanish, Neutral Spanish, Brazilian Portuguese, Russian, Traditional Chinese, Simplified Chinese, and Korean. For further information, check out producer Yosuke's, or Yosuke Tomizawa's post on the PlayStation blog. And Tales of Arise is now available for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam. This is one that I think is on my radar. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But I've heard great things. The The Tales games are really good. Like, I did a Tales of Berseria for Steam Machine, yeah. and that game blew me away. So, What about Symphonia? I found that one to be too hard. I haven't played Symphonia. I do own it, though. And I also have a okay. Vesperia. Which is one of my friend, uh, not the Nate that we know, but another friend of mine named Nathan is one of his favorite games ever. Wow. Because I remember having that on the GameCube, and I'm like, I really enjoyed it until I didn't. Yeah. They can get hard, man. I think I think if I had it to do over again, like, I'm a little bit older and wiser, and I know how to get through a JRPG now, and I know sometimes you just have to go out there and grind and watch some TV or something while you're doing it. But I don't know. Tales of Arise. I don't think I don't think these games are connected. I think they are Bandai Namco's Final Fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the only two like that were you, even slightly connected were Berseria and Zesteria, if right. I remember correctly. And they were only loosely that they, they were just like the same world a thousand years apart or something like that. But even then, like the map changes. Yeah. Like you could have a completely different game. Yeah. I mean, unless you're Final Fantasy VI, and then you're just going to destroy the world and then have a different map. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Final Fantasy, my good sir. Oh, hi. Our final, our final news for the for the week. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth will launch for the PlayStation Five on February 29th, twenty twenty four. Square Enix has announced the game will be available in the following editions: physical, 
across two game discs, includes a reversible cover, and the pre-order incentive of the digital Midgar Bangle MK2 armor at participating retailers. <clears throat> the standard edition will be $69.99. The deluxe edition will be $99.99, which includes a mini soundtrack, CD, art book, and steel case. The collector's edition for $349.99 includes a large, highly detailed collectible statue of Sephiroth, deluxe edition contents, along with digital DLC items, including downloadable content summoning materia, allowing players to summon the Moogle Trio and the Magic Pot, along with equipment like the Reclament Choker accessory and the Orchid Bracelet armor. The collector's edition will be available to pre-order in limited quantities from the Square Enix store. The digital versions of this includes the downloadable Moogle Trio summoning materia. Uh, the standard edition is $69.99. The digital deluxe edition is $89.99. And the digital deluxe edition upgrade is $20. Um, the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth Twin Pack is $99.99. Uh, getting both of them in one go, which is actually, that's not necessarily a bad price if you don't own the first one. Yeah, snag them. or if you own the first one on PS4 and you need to do the integrate part. Yeah, that's true. Um, Although, I think if you have the PS4 version, I think they do let you upgrade. And I think it might be something like 20 bucks to, to get the integrate. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I have to do it. That's all I, I don't know. have a PS5. But then I guess I I don't. I, I have it on PS5. I, well, I played it on PS4 originally. I now have it on Steam because I got it on sale. Uh, and Crisis Core is on sale. So half of me is thinking, I do want to play both of those games, and I want to go through the remake again before Rebirth comes out. So I should probably just do that on Steam. Yeah, probably. Because I've already beaten the game on PS5, so if there's stuff that carries over, I'll still have it. Although I don't think there will be. I'm pretty sure you're starting over. Yeah. Just you're starting I don't know over. how they're going to make that, that work. That would be the smart way to do it, right? I don't know, like, uh, Trail's second chapter had a thing where, like, you started at the same level that you did from the first game. They just uh, changed the way Materia, or uh, Materia, uh, they changed the way that your orbments worked. So you had to get yeah. new orbments, but, um, but yeah. And Mass, Mass Effect let you transfer stuff, but I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't think there's going to be any kind of, like, stuff's going to transfer over. I think you're just starting over. Like you may, they may just give you some of the stuff you had at the beginning, but might not be mastered. I have no idea. So be nice if they would tell us that. I'm looking at some screenshots, and one Kate Sith looks amazing. Yes, or Kaichi, if you want to say the name right or whatever, because it's Gaelic. It's like <sighs> Kaichi or something like that. Um, I I've been saying Kate Sith for thirty years. Also, is Sephiroth in your? Is Sephiroth in your party? So. When was the last time you played Final Fantasy VII? Uh, I played the original for the Steam Machine podcast. Okay. So at some point, right after you leave Midgar, so it's going to be at the beginning of this game, um, Cloud has a flashback. Oh, right. Right, right, right. And in that flashback, <clears throat> you do have Sephiroth on your party for a short amount of time, but you cannot control him. Okay. Um, However... Square Enix got a Square Enix, and I think he's going to be playable for a little bit. 
during that flashback. That's what it looks like in these screenshots that I'm looking at, because this is a lot of, another long article that I'm not going to go into everything because it's just touching on a lot of character stuff that you are, people already know. Yeah. But there is a cloud slash Sephiroth attack called Double Helix that says Sephiroth unleashes an elegant fury of strikes and Cloud does his best to follow suit. So, so that would be because Cloud is young and inexperienced in that part of the in that flashback. So Sephiroth is going to do really awesome things and Cloud is going to be like, I, I, I'm helping. I'm doing my part. I'm also looking so. at they call it a wheelie. But in the seaside resort of Costa del Sol, you can now ride around on a wheelie. It's a, a it's two-wheeled a self-balancing vehicle. It's a Segu. It's a Segway. It's a Segway. Uh, tour the town at your own pace, all while taking in the beautiful scenery of this eternal summer. And then, they, of course, they got and the G-Bike. They got Chocobo Racing, 3D Brawler. I know uh, they brought back the Golden Saucer, from what I hear. They yeah, did. there's a picture of it right there. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I also love how, like, in the Japanese screenshots, the their names are in all caps like they were in the original game. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that until you just pointed that out, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I wonder if that's, like, a style choice over there or something. It must be, because even the Pokemon <clears throat> games, when they, they, the names were in all caps for a while. They've, they've since, like, changed that, but, oh, the Alexander Summon, oh, man. Oh, uh, but, dude, so February 29th, 2024 is when people can finally stop waiting for the next part of the Final Fantasy VII remake series. Rebirth will be coming out then. And I know you haven't watched the trailer yet, but this is basically most of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I, I saw a thing today that said it's going to end at some chapel or something like that. Really? Uh, I don't remember the actual place that it was called, but it was some major point that it's going to end at. But it looks like, especially because it's two discs long, it looks like it's going to cover like a chunk of the story. That's what's amazing to me, is yeah. that this is going to be a PS5 game on two discs. Yeah. Which means it's beefy. Which means it's massive. Yeah. It's massive. So if you buy it digital, save some space. Get a new hard drive. So you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah. Save, save some space on that hard drive. Um, yeah. I am I am hyped. I feel like this is going to be the meat and bones of like the entire series, because this is where you're going to get to do all the fun stuff. But on the other hand, they're coming out with another game. And the third disc in the original was just literally the last. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just the ending of the game, right? Yeah. It's just the ending of the game. So they can't do just the last dungeon in one game, which means they're adding stuff. Yeah, well, I mean. And it's going to be a full game in its own right. I remember somebody saying that the ending of Remake was like your acknowledgement that this is going to be different. Yeah. Absolutely. Things are going to be different, yeah. So it's it's very yeah. it's very interesting how they're how they're going about this whole thing, and just the titles that they're choosing: remake, rebirth. Like this is a another story. This is not the story that we grew up with, which I'm okay with. I'm very much okay with it. Believe it or not, when this when remake first came out, I hated it. Really. Yeah, I had just finished the original seven and it was so I had such nostalgia goggles for it that I did that thing that people do when they've played the original so close to playing the new one 
to where I'm like, well, that's not how it happens. Well, that's not how it happens. Uh, yeah, okay. That's definitely not how it happens. And so I took a good, like, six months off the game, and I went back to it with a fresh mind. Freaking loved it. Yeah, I, I still need to get around to it eventually. There's too many games. There are too many games, and there's not enough <laughs> Not time. enough time. But I don't know. I feel like, what, it's the end of September now? We've got till February 29th? I think it's probably a good time to, for me anyways, to start Crisis Core. Because then I'll start to get that backstory. I'll get a game that I never played before. And then at that point, I will go back. I will play the remake again. And I'll just, by the time I'm done with those two games, I'll be ready for this. Yeah, and then Rebirth will come out and you'll be like, and it continues. Yeah, be like, let's go. Yeah. Basically, just like binging... uh, like I binged all the Star Wars movies before Force Awakens came out. Came out, even the bad ones. I just watched them. The bad ones. I I like the Phantom Menace. I can't speak for Attack of the Clones or the, whatever the third one was, but. And I really liked Force Awakens, and then they ruined it. <laughs> oh, gotta love it, dude. Gotta mm. love it. So. Oh, so that. That brings us to house cleaning? Yes, it does, my good sir. If you'd like to find us over on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash the JRPG report. Excuse me. No, it's just slash JRPG report. Uh, if you would like to find us over on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it these days, if you Twix, uh, at JRPG report, uh, you want to find us over on Patreon, which again, <laughs> please, that would mean the world to me, uh, especially right now, um, being furloughed from work or whatever you want to call it. Um, it would it would very much help uh, help me pay some bills. Patreon.com slash JRPG report where dollar a month, that's all I ask from you. Dollar a month, get you in there. And uh, yeah, you can get your name read on each and every one of these episodes like these wonderful people, Jake W., Jordan K., Kularian, Master Loot, and Japan D. I do appreciate you very, very much. We have a sixth Patreon who wishes not to be mentioned, but we do thank them as well. If you would be so kind too as to check out my other show, The Steam Machine Podcast, a bi-weekly PC gaming show where we go through our backlog and we're playing through stuff. And right now we're going to be doing an episode on Morrowind. And I'll be there. I'm guesting. And he is. He's going to be guesting on that one. And my next uh, my next host pick might be a JRPG. It might not. I'm very torn. I'm very torn. Hmm. So we'll see. But uh Well, at least at least you'll be starring in that game no matter what. No matter what, there will be stars involved. No matter what, there will be stars involved. But on that note, thank you for joining me once again, Mikhailov. Do appreciate it. Go check him out over on YouTube. Plug your stuff for me, my good sir. Uh, Team Retro everywhere. Uh, Tune in to find out what my next intro is going to be. Uh, And in the meantime, while you're waiting for me to uh, dish out some new content, uh, you could find me on the JRPG Report Discord. Please, uh, become a patron and join that wonderful community. Uh, you can also find me on the steam machine discord and the retro handhelds discord. Uh, both communities have been nice enough to give me a home there and they are both home to some absolutely amazing humans. Yeah. And you know what, since I have the link for one memorized uh, bit.ly slash T S M P discord, all capital letters. Uh, come join that Discord, man. You can come vote on the game. So that way, whenever there's a JRPG in the fan vote, you guys can 
swarm in and make sure it wins. <clears throat> that would be fun. Um, well, then I get. And if he puts it on the next retro game poll, we can maybe make Dalton play Super Mario RPG. There you go. There you go. So it's a, it's always a possibility. Um, so on that note, thank you for joining me, my good sir. And uh, for you, dear listeners, do me a super huge, massive solid and get back out there and level up.